You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Bet this football season with my bookie. Use promo code Gators and get a 50% match with your first deposit. Only at my bookie. Gators Breakdown, because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Coming at you in my wife's car in South Carolina. We're on the go, on vacation, but uh, had to find a quiet place while while on the go. Uh, A lot of dogs, a lot of kids in the uh, house. So I've uh, I've been relegated uh, to the uh, to the to the car to record this podcast for you guys. So uh, hey, that's how that's how it has to be done sometimes. How it has to be done. But here we go. Cotton Bowl preview: Oklahoma, Florida, Oklahoma, of course, coming up on Wednesday. And um, you know, around the holidays, don't really have a guest this time for, from the Oklahoma side to give us their their point of view uh, on this game. Just a strict. Kind of short Oklahoma preview here, uh, you know, what they've done this year, who to look out for, all that stuff here for the uh, Cotton Bowl coming up. But uh, before we get there, remember you can find Gators Breakdown at news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. You'll find all the Gators Breakdown episodes there as well as News 4 Jacks coverage of the Gators. Please share, rate, and review the show on YouTube. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. really helps us out. Or if you just want the audio version, check us out on your favorite podcast platform and follow us on social media Gators Breakdown is on Twitter and Facebook at Gators Breakdown. So let's get into this breakdown of Oklahoma, what they've done this season, who to look out for, and they've won seven games in a row. Uh, you know, so uh, long trend, the late season success uh, for the Sooners in each of the last six seasons. Uh, Oklahoma's won at least five consecutive games heading into its bowl game. You know, so seven straight in 2015. Nine straight in 2016, eight in 2017, seven in 2018, and then last year when they made a college football playoff as well, going into that game with five wins in a row. So this year it's seven after they started the season one and two. Bounced back pretty good as they got some players back and uh, started winning some games. Uh, One of two Power Five programs, Clemson is the other, that ranks in the top 20 nationally in both total offense and total defense. Sooners average 475.8 yards per game to rank 18th in the country and give up 333.6 yards per contest to rank 20th. Florida ranks 10th in total offense at 508 yards per game and 62nd in total defense with 404 yards per game. When you ever would have thought in recent college football that Oklahoma would have a better defense than Florida? Crazy, <laughs> crazy to think about, and all the high-flying offenses that we saw in the Big Twelve in recent years, <clears throat> contributing to you know Oklahoma's you know defensive lapses a bit. Uh, but the SEC looked at the Big Twelve this year with high-flying offenses and the defenses not being able to catch up. So pretty, uh, pretty reversal of fortunes there for um, Florida and Oklahoma. 
Oklahoma coming into this game with a better defense. So they've been known for years for offense, of course, but they're, they're a balanced team this season, much improved on defense than they have been in recent years, as I just said. They've held their last four opponents, Kansas with nine points, Oklahoma State with 13 points, Baylor with 14 points, Iowa State with 21 points. That's a combined 57 points for the last four opponents. And the last time Oklahoma held Big 12 opponents to 57 points uh, or fewer over a four-game stretch was in 2015. So um, they held, uh, they held, for the last four, uh, an average of 303.8 yards per game. So, you know, this is kind of similar how we were talking about Alabama's defense before the SEC championship game, and then Florida goes out and puts yards up and, and points up on a good defense anyway. So I think you kind of look at it that way too. You know, a good offense is going to score points no matter who the defense is. We've seen Florida versus Georgia and Alabama this year, two of the better defenses in the country, still go out there and put up 500, 600 yards, still go put up near 50 points a game against those defenses. So the, you know, the thing is now, no Kyle Pitts, maybe some more offensive weapons not playing. Grimes, Tony, you have to look out for those guys as well. And what would the motivation be here? Will it play a factor? But if the offense is ready to go, they're going to put up some points and some yards. Oklahoma will be without one of their best playmakers and starters in the secondary. Cornerback Trey Brown, he's opted out of the Cotton Bowl. So kind of helps you know, to get an offense there a bit when they could be also missing some of their own playmakers. But still for Oklahoma, still a defense that's been putting together a good season. You know, Florida entered bowl season with the country's number one passing attack, of course. 388.4 yards per game, 45 touchdowns, both good for the national lead there for the Gators. Kyle Trask, first in passing offense, 375 yards a game, 43 passing touchdowns. And he'll be facing an Oklahoma defense that ranks fourth in the country among teams that have played more than four games by averaging 3.6 sacks per game and registered more interceptions than it has allowed touchdown passes. Oklahoma has 13 interceptions on the season and it has allowed only 11 touchdown passes. Sooners have recorded at least one interception in their last five games. They have 10 during that stretch, five in the last two games. Defensive back Trey Norwood paces the team and is tied for Big 12 lead with four picks all coming over the last five games. And as I said here, you know, Florida averages 388 yards passing on the season. Uh, that leads the country. The best Oklahoma has faced this season was Texas, 29th best in the country with a passing attack of 274 yards per game, 114-yard difference per game from what Florida does and what the, the best passing offense Oklahoma has faced so far this year. Oklahoma gave up only 287 passing yards in a four-overtime thrilling win over Texas. So, you know, the Sooners' defense has showed up against the best they have faced this season. They did somehow give up 334 yards to Kansas State through the air in the second game of the season, their first loss of the season, and also gave up 322 to Iowa State in their last game in the Big 12 championship. So Oklahoma... Um, their defense ranks third nationally, leads the Big 12 by allowing just 90.6 rushing yards. Uh, so, you know, Florida only averaging, or they are the 109th best in the country running the ball with 120 yards per contest. Uh, so, Sooners have only, you know, only allowed one running back this season to rush for 100 yards or more. That's Iowa State, Brees Hall. You know, I ran for 139 yards, two touchdowns uh, against Oklahoma in October. But, 
in the rematch was held to just 79 yards in the Big 12 championship game. No other running back has rushed for more than 73 yards against Oklahoma this season. So the struggling run game for Florida, it's, you know, I don't expect it to necessarily um, be fixed for this. I mean, look, it kind of, we kind of thought the same thing last year going into the bowl game, and Michael P. Ryan goes off and goes crazy, hits some big runs. So, you know, sometimes in bowl games you can't ever tell. But if we're looking at season trends, I wouldn't look for Florida's run game to uh, magically just uh, come up here. So uh, unless, you know, Emory Jones gets a whole lot of playing time, they dedicate to the run just a bit more. You start changing your play style a little bit just because you may be missing some uh, receivers out there. Uh, then you, you may see more rushing yards or, or try to rush some rushing attempts. Whether you have success or not, it's a whole different story. But uh, you may see Florida run the ball a bit more according to kind of who's out there playing. Over the last four games, Oklahoma held Kansas, Oklahoma State, Baylor, and Iowa State to a combined 50.3% pass completion rate and recorded eight interceptions. The last four games, teams are only completing 50% of their passes against them, and they got eight picks. During that same span, Oklahoma allowed an average of just 77.8 rushing yards per game and just 2.4 yards per carry. So this is a defense that's uh, playing really well. Really well, you know, believe it or not, <laughs> coming into this game. Uh, six sacks over uh, the season's first three games for Oklahoma. They have 30 over the last seven games. A 4.3 average to lead the country since October 10th. Redshirt junior defensive lineman, second team, pro football focus, All-American Isaiah Thomas has eight. Redshirt sophomore outside linebacker, first team, pro football focus, All-American Nick Benito has seven and a half over the last six games. They've, those two combined for 15 and a half sacks for the year. Isaiah Thomas, Nick Benito, 15 and a half sacks. Junior defensive end Ronnie Perkins, he missed the first five games of the season. Still a third team pro football focus, focus All American, five and a half sacks, nine and a half tackles for loss in his last five outings. So, I mean, and he has a, at least a tackle, uh, a tackle and a half for loss in all five games that he's played. So that takes me back to a stat in the last episode. Oklahoma's found their pass rush. Florida has struggled in pass protection. Florida gave up 10 sacks the first nine games and has given up nine sacks the last two games versus LSU and Alabama. And now go against this Oklahoma front that's been playing well, getting to the quarterback, creating a whole lot of pressure. So, you know, something else. I mean, this, if Florida's offense is not ready, to, not ready to play, missing some players, you know, this will be one of their stiffest tests of the season. Uh, going to be one of their stiffest tests of the season anyway, just because, I mean, you know, stats say this Oklahoma defense playing pretty good right now. So kind of a little bit more on the Oklahoma defense. So second-year defensive coordinator Alex Grinch has Oklahoma ranked in the top 20 nationally in several categories this year. The following rankings reflect the teams that have played more than just four games, of course. You kind of have to put that out there with the weird 2020 of, uh, you know, you, gotta, you don't want the stats to be skewed because teams only played three, four games. Uh, but anyway, rushing defense, they're ranked third in the country. Sacks per game, fourth in the country. Opponent third down percentage, fifth in the country. Interceptions, ninth in the country. Passing efficiency defense, tenth in the country. Tackles for a loss, 15th in the country. Opponent's first downs per game, 17th. Total defense, 20th in the country for this Oklahoma defense. But a lot of this is, you know, what have you done for me lately? What have you done going into this game? Well, since November 1st, the last four games, Oklahoma top 10 nationally in several defensive categories. Sacks per game, first in the country. Interceptions, second in the country. 
passing passing efficiency defense, rushing yards per carry, rushing yards per game, all third in the country for this Oklahoma defense. Points per game, fourth in the country in the last month, uh, in the last four games. Third down percentage, fifth. Passing, pass completion percentage, ninth. Passing yards and yards per game, tenth. So in the last four games, this defense has has been on a roll. Has been on a roll, playing really well. And uh, not and look, a lot of times when you go into a bowl game, you also think, uh, how does the layoff effect? Well, there's not much of a layoff. You know, there's what nine games in or nine days in between. Um, you know, for prep time, heading for the bowl game between the SEC championship or the Big Twelve championship for Oklahoma, and then the uh, bowl game. So, if you're looking for, uh, you know, maybe something kind of just falling by the wayside because there's just so much time to prep, you lose your momentum. Probably not going to be the case here for like most bowl games. Doing that, so. I mean, how do you attack? I mean, that's the thing. You not, <clears throat> you don't think you'll be able to find your run game. Who are you gonna have out? Who who are you gonna have out there playing? How does the offensive line hold up? How does the offensive line hold up against an Oklahoma defense that's been getting after the quarterback? Well, they did. I'd say okay as many times as you were throwing it against Alabama in the SEC championship game. I'd say the offensive line did okay. The right side of the offensive line still had its issues. The left center from to the left side did pretty well. Uh, there, so I think you probably look for kind of something similar to that, uh, but it all really just kind of depends on who's out there for Kyle Trask to, to throw to, how much do they want to get Emory Johnson playing time. Just so many variables in how uh, you, you attack a defense that's playing pretty well when you on offense may be missing a lot of pieces, maybe trying to figure out some pieces in the game itself. Uh, There's not a lot of prep time for Florida. They, you know, Mullen even said that they gave the team off the, the week of Christmas. So, you know, it's, um, yeah, I don't, I don't blame him for that. You know, these bowl games are what they are at this point. I'm sure a lot of players, a lot of coaches just kind of want to get it over with. You want to go go out there and see your team win, of course. But, man, you know, just so many variables here uh, for Florida. And I, and I don't want to make, trying to make it sound like so many excuses. Uh, if Florida goes out there and doesn't play well, I'm not, it's not what I'm trying to do here, uh, at least for the Oklahoma side of things. Oh, Florida doesn't, Florida doesn't win this game. They didn't want to be there, blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I think that's part of it. Um, but, you know, it's, it's not an excuse either way. And uh, we'll, we'll go from there uh, as far as looking at from the defense, the Oklahoma defense uh, and the Florida offense. So switch around to the other side of the ball. But before we do, a quick word from my friends at my bookie. It's the most wonderful time of the year that can't end soon enough. We all deserve a win. We all deserve a little extra money in our pocket. And we all deserve to have a little fun. And the only place you're guaranteed to get all three is MyBookie. MyBookie is the only sports book that doesn't care whether you were naughty or nice this year. They got gifts for everyone. Bet the NFL, NBA, all your favorite college sports, all the bowl games out there, and more. NFL playoffs are coming up soon. Get in on the action. So sign up today and receive a 50% deposit bonus up to $1,000. That's a great place to start. And at MyBookie, there's always more. Huge deposit bonuses, epic giveaways, and free contests. It's simple. Sign up, enter promo code GATERS, and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Head over to MyBookie to make the most of the holidays this year and strut into 2021 with cash in your pocket. This winter, bet with the best. Bet with MyBookie. So here we go, looking at the Oklahoma offense now. In the seven games since their October 3rd loss at Iowa State, 
the Sooners ranked fourth among Power 5 teams with 43.6 points per game. But in their last two, they've only scored 27 in each, in, in each game, 27 against Baylor, 27 against Iowa State. So this was an offense you know, coming into the season, going through a lot of change, didn't start too well. And their two losses at the start of the season in conference play, they scored 35 versus Kansas State and then 30 versus Iowa State the next week. They turned it around after that, scoring 53 versus Texas. It was a four-overtime game. 33 versus TCU. And then back-to-back, 62 versus Texas Tech, 62 versus Kansas, 41 versus Oklahoma State. And as I said, before only scoring 27 in their last two games. Uh, And despite returning just basically 13% of its individual offensive yards from last season, uh, and starting a freshman quarterback. Oklahoma ranks in the top 20 nationally in several categories uh, for, for our offense this year. Points per game, 41.8. That ranks eighth in the country. Passing yards per uh, uh, yards per pass attempt, 9.5. That ranks eighth. First downs per game, ninth with 25. Passing offense, 321.6. That's good for 11th in the country. And total offense, 475.8 yards per game, ranking 17th. So, you know, this is the year that Oklahoma finally went with a, a quarterback originally signed with the Sooners after being dominated with transfers, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts. Rattler has thrown for at least two touchdown passes in eight of the ten games. They only had one versus Kansas and has registered at least three touchdown passes in four games and had four in the Missouri State, Kansas State, and Oklahoma State games. Looking at uh, kind of the skilled players around him, only 10 games in his career. I mean, this is big time here. Wide receiver Marcus uh, Marvin Mims has already set an Oklahoma freshman record with eight receiving touchdowns. I mean, and this is a team for now we know has been putting and churning out NFL type of wide receivers. Current NFL players Mark Andrews and C.D. Lamb held the previous freshman record of seven, retouch- seven touchdown receptions, but Marvin Mims already has eight this year. Mims leads the Big 12 and is tied for 15th in the country with his eight touchdown grabs. No other freshman wide receiver nationally has more than six. He leads the team with 583 receiving yards and is tied for the lead with 36 catches. His seven receptions in the Big 12 title game against Iowa State were a career-high and his 101 receiving yards were his, were his second highest total. So he's coming off probably his overall best game in the Big 12 championship. His eight touchdown receptions have averaged 34.8 yards. Four have gone for at least 45 yards. 45, 50, 58, 61-yard touchdown receptions for Mims. So we go back to the beginning of the year in Florida having trouble recovering one receiver for a team. Of course, Devontae Smith last in the last game versus Florida doing what he does, and no, no shame there really. But uh, we've seen plenty of times this year where one wide receiver has been able to dominate a Florida defense. Marvin Mims is going to be that guy <laughs> if it happens again uh, in this bowl game. Uh, senior uh, Ramondre Stevenson, uh, Oklahoma's leading returning rusher entering the year, but didn't make his season debut until five games ago at Texas Tech. He had 13 carries for 87 yards and a career-high three touchdowns in Lubbock uh, before, giving, uh, before getting 104 yards on 11 carries with two scores versus Kansas. Um, also had 60 yards on four catches there. Uh, and a career-high 141 yards against Oklahoma State this year. 
He had a 50 yards uh, with a touchdown versus Baylor and 97 yards in the Big 12 championship win over Iowa State. He's averaging 95.8 yards rushing per game, 5.8 yards per carry right now. 5.8 yards per carry for Stevenson, getting big plays, getting chunk plays, um, and a team-high six rushing touchdowns. He's called 18 passes uh, for 211 yards per game. So very well-rounded, dual-threat running back, catch it out of the backfield, and running for a pretty good chunk yardage here. I mean, just to kind of show his ability, his season debut last year, he ran 64 times for 515 yards and six touchdowns after transferring from junior college. His eight yards per rush led the nation among players with at least 50 carries last year. So Stevenson can get a lot of yards, get big yards. When the season ended last year, he was averaging eight point yards per rush, uh, eight yards per rush with at least 50 carries and... You know, they're doing it again this year, 5.8 yards per carry for Stevenson. So, you know, they'll definitely run the ball. Um, and that's kind of been the conception about Oklahoma, even in recent years with all these Heisman-winning quarterbacks. They're a balanced team. They still like running the ball. Uh, and it's been that way uh, under Riley. Some of that also to do with your quarterbacks running. And, you know, if you just kind of look at running percentage of run and pass, some of that is due to, to, to the, the run, uh, quarterbacks also uh, taking off and, and using their legs, but they still run the ball a lot with running backs. So kind of a misconception there that Oklahoma is this throw-it, you know, 50, 60-time-a-game team. They still like to run the ball. So kind of overall, you know, this game may come down to Florida's third-down defense, and I know that may put a knot in your stomach, <laughs> make, you, make you not feel great when I mention third-down defense. Florida's Defense ranks 73rd in the country there. Oklahoma's offense is 63rd in third down offense. So it may come down to the, the, to the uh, Gator third down defense because they're going against a Sooner offense that's not too good on third down either. Something has to give there. You know, I know our confidence level probably isn't too high there. But the Sooners only convert 28% of their third downs while Florida gives up 41%. Getting off to fast starts in each half might be uh, indicative of winning this one as well. We know Florida has done okay at starting games uh, on the first drive, but then the offense dying down a bit until later in the second quarter, but also dominating the start of the third quarter. Well, Oklahoma does well in both scenarios. Oklahoma has dominated the first quarter this season, outscoring Missouri State 31-0, Kansas State 7-0, Iowa State 10-3, Texas 10-0, TCU 10-0, Texas Tech 21-7, Kansas 14-0, Oklahoma State 21-17. Last couple games kind of slowed it down a little bit. Baylor leading 3-0 there, Iowa State 7-0. But combined, 134-17 margin there of scoring in the first quarter. 134-17. So they get off to good starts. Sooners have have limited opponents in their last 10 games to 610 total yards in the opening 15 minutes. So 61-yard average in the first quarter the Oklahoma defense has given up. Alex Grinch, the defense coordinator there, he's been at Oklahoma two seasons now. OU has allowed opponents to score on their opening drive of a game just four times in 24 games. And um, you know, 17 of the 24 opponent opening drives have lasted five plays or less. So they're doing a pretty good job of getting their offense right on the field and, and putting up points. And Spencer Rattler, quarterback here, he's been effective uh, in the first half of games this year, throwing for 
1,835 yards, and 16 of his 25 touchdowns have come in the first half of games. 16 of his 25 touchdowns have come in the first half of games. During a seven-game winning streak here, Oklahoma has outscored opponents 48-14 in the third quarter. It has allowed just 338 total yards in the third quarter. So there you go. Where Florida has done really well this year coming out of halftime. Oklahoma looks like they do it too. Hard to say uh, you know, what, uh, what's going to give there. Uh, pretty much kind of the, the theme of this. It's hard to say a lot of things uh, for, for this game just because there's so many variables. And I've already kind of you know, spoken about. Hard to say who's going to play. Hard to say who's going to play motivated. Hard to say, you know, combine those things. It's hard to say what team we'll get. And, you know, Oklahoma could be going through this too uh, a bit. I don't know. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see motivation for both teams. I don't know if there were any, any, any more up of play in this game than Florida is. But uh, at least from the Florida perspective of things, you certainly don't want to lose three games, three straight games to end the season. LSU, Alabama, Oklahoma. Uh, but this game, <clears throat> this game all by itself doesn't mean a whole lot. Uh, I really don't think this game has any bearing on the future of a Florida program. You want to win anytime you play, of course, but it's hard to get motivated with, with with everything that is 2020, 2020 in general, a 2020 season where expectations were sky high at one point and come crashing down the last couple games. There wasn't a whole lot of <coughs> excuse me there, <coughs> wasn't a whole lot of prep time like a normal bowl game, and I can honestly see where players just just kind of want the season to be over with. Uh, but you know, and I go back to to Mullins, Mullins post game. Uh, comments in the SEC championship where he really wouldn't even commit uh, about playing a bowl game uh, there. So, excuse me, guys. <clears throat> Something in my throat there. So, but yeah, I can just go back to, to Mullen's post game press conferences uh, in the SEC championship game and not really committing uh, to, to playing a, a bowl game. But we, we knew they were going to. I uh, just had to get uh, where, where they were going to play and all that. But I think you could kind of tell that it's been a long taxing season here and just kind of kind of want to get it over with. So, is this the chance where we see a lot of younger players? I think so. I, we know there's no Kyle Pitts. Tony Grimes, maybe not out there too. Um, Trask said he's going to play. But I can still see a scenario where, you know, he's okay with Emory taking a lot of snaps. Emory Jones plays a lot of snaps. On defense, Marco Wilson, Kyrie Campbell, um, you know, Jeremiah Moon uh, has been injured. Sean Davis probably isn't going to play here uh, either. Um, so... You know, Zach Carter, Brenton Cox, you know, we'll see. Um, you know, names are kind of starting to file out uh, of who's going to be out there, who's not going to be out there. But, you know, Campbell, Wilson, probably wouldn't look for those guys to play. Uh, Tony, Grimes, Pitts, we'll see. Uh, we, we, know, we know Pitts for sure isn't is going to play. So, uh, you know, we'll kind of see the holidays have kind of, I think, slowed some things down as far as maybe putting it out there or, or anything like that. But, uh I expect a good bit of opt-out uh, for Florida and, uh, and not playing in this bowl game. Yeah, and, and I do think we'll see in this game where we can tell the staff just, you know, we'll also see younger players in the game in, in, in scenarios where you can get a read on them. Um, as I said, don't take too much from this. Um, 
good or bad. Uh, I'm going to enjoy it because we're you know we're watching Florida one more time and and see some of these guys one last time. But the analysis isn't going to be dire <laughs> here. We'll discuss afterwards uh, yeah, a vague look, uh, but that's about it. You know, so kind of like really no prediction uh, for this one. Too much unknown. Um, but of course, I like to go see Florida win. Hope Florida shows up. I hope they show up motivated. Hope they're ready to play. Definitely don't want to get embarrassed, uh, you know, no, no matter how much it really means. But could be a good, a good glimpse into the future. Um, take it as that. We won't really know how it all translates. Uh, I don't think you, you're taking much momentum right now. I mean, maybe if it ended, the season ended better, you could take some more momentum into 2021. But as far as this kind of late season, maybe if you lose three games in a row, ruining 2021 or anything like that. I, I, I don't think that. Uh, this bowl game kind of is what it is right now. Not to make it sound like an excuse or anything, but, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, it, it's it just so many unanswered questions that we're not even going to know until the team runs out there. Um, I think, you know, motivation's a big – even if you are playing, if you didn't opt out, are you motivated to be out there? I think the younger guys could be. You know, this is their – time to shine this is their time to to get a chance to to show the coaches what they can do uh to a certain point and i know a lot of you fans out there and a lot of us uh podcast hosts and analysis and all that stuff have wanted to see a lot of younger players as well so i think this might be a good chance for us to see those players so we'll see well we'll see what ends up uh, but not not much of a prediction here just because there's so many unknowns and i'd hate to uh make a prediction based on uh not not a whole lot of uh not a whole lot uh, of happening uh, or, or knowing what's going to happen as far as players playing and motivation and it being just a, a bowl game in general. That doesn't mean a whole lot in the grand scheme of things. So that'll do it for this short Oklahoma Cotton Bowl preview here, uh, Gators Breakdown. Thank you guys for a wonderful year uh, here. Now, I wasn't able to do it live on YouTube or, or anything like that here, as I said, on vacation uh, a bit, Christmas time vacation. But difficult to throw this uh, episode out here uh, for you guys. So uh, thank you very much for listening to this episode. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC.